welcome back to the Love Well Podcast. I am glad you are with me this week, and um, you know it's it's been another another great week. Uh, things are things are good. I hope they are good in your world as well. Uh, we are, you know, just kind of rolling along. Um, school has started. Uh, we've got a kid off at college who's loving life and, and just absolutely killing it up there. And uh, so we are we are on cruise control. Uh, that's that's how I described it this morning, talking talking with my dad a little bit. And uh, you know, cruise control is not bad. It's actually kind of nice. Uh, this this fall has been uh, a little more laid back than our usual falls. Uh, but you know we are excited uh, to uh, we're excited to kind of get back after it a little bit here this Friday, an opportunity to to watch some Friday night lights. We are some of the few lucky folks who get to go to high school football um, because we have a daughter uh, who is cheerleading, and uh, so we get a couple of passes into the games, and that's super exciting. Um, so we're we're looking forward to that. Uh, Let's see, uh, other other announcement things to let you be aware of. Tuesday nights, Doubt on Tap. Uh, my friend Mike and I host this, uh, and we are hosting at our good friend Dory Hurado's house. And uh, she's she's got this epic patio. And uh, so, boy, we would love for you to come out and be a part of that conversation Tuesday night um, where we talk about things that matter. Uh, and uh, so come come join us for that. Sunday nights, uh, starting about 6:45, uh, we have our missional communities. Uh, right now, you know things are a little bit different with those because of, uh, you know, the the global pandemic, and um, so we are gathering outdoors, and uh, on on our friends uh, the Gorman's patio again, another epic patio here in the the best neighborhood ever, and uh, so we're gathering out there and and just. Uh, Spending time together, looking at the scriptures, praying for each other, hearing good stories, and um, it's pretty great. So uh, hopefully you can join us for that as well. Uh, we also have a missional community that gathers uh, in Fowlerville, Michigan, and uh, we are uh, working on uh, multiplying uh, to other places as well. So if you don't live in the Ypsilanti area or the Fowlerville area and you would love to start a missional community, uh, be sure to reach out to me. And uh, the easiest way is to hit me up on Twitter at Daniel M. Rose. I can walk you through the process of launching a missional community. And uh, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, it's really just, just a matter of getting some friends together, opening the scriptures, and, 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 and getting after it. So uh, without further ado, let us continue here uh, in our series on Who is Jesus? Uh, this is part four of a seven-part series uh, where we are looking at the I Am statements of Jesus uh, in the Gospel of John. This week we are looking at uh, I Am the Good Shepherd. And uh, that is, uh, it's in uh, John 10, 11 through 21. And uh, this is kind of the, uh, you know, Sunday on a Monday kind of deal, right? So, uh, yeah. So we're, we're going to spend some time looking at, looking at what Jesus has to say here. And uh, and I hope hope you will uh, hope you'll jump in, and uh, you know we'd love to 
love to hear from you. And so uh, as as I'm going through, as we're as we're kind of talking through this, uh, feel free to drop a comment, uh, and I will see it actually pop up now. And uh, at the end, if you have questions, uh, I can I'll respond to them. I will take a few minutes of uh, of Q and A here at the end of of the uh, of our time together. And uh, so I'll see those pop up. And yeah, let's let's dive in. We are in John chapter ten, uh, verses eleven through twenty one goes like this. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. When the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it, the man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So what is, what is going on here? What's happening uh, in, this, in this little passage? Well, remember the context, right? We talked about this last week uh, as we looked at uh, John 10, 7 through 10. And the context is that Jesus has healed a man uh, born blind. Uh, and that, that's back in John chapter 9. And so remember, this is high-level uh, seminary training uh, that John chapter 9 comes before John chapter 10. This is, this is high-level stuff, folks. Uh, you get that only right here on the Love Well podcast. <laughs> so, um, so John 9 opens with Jesus and the fellows kind of walking, walking down the road and and, uh, you know, the disciples asked, you know, Rabbi, who, whose parents sinned? This, because um, who, who sinned, the man or the parents, because he was born blind. So who was responsible? And back in the first century, you have to understand that, um, you know, the idea was that sin uh, translated to physical, uh, physical problems. So if, if you were blind or paralyzed or had leprosy or something along those lines, it was it was as a result of your sin. It was you did something to make God inflict this thing on you. All right, so un, understand that that that's that's the context they're coming from. And Jesus says neither, um, you know, th- this happened so that God would be glorified in this moment. And and all this stuff happens in John chapter nine that ends with the man who was healed getting kicked out of the synagogue, and uh, and so then Jesus. Uh, starts talking here in John chapter 10, and he gives three illustrations about kind of the difference between him and the way that he approaches folks and um, and the religious leaders, right? And, and so he's really kind of pushing in on what's the difference between the shepherd and the hired hands. And that's this big contrast is what we get here in verses 11 through 21. Uh, in 10, 7 through 10, 
we kind of got the difference between the gate and the gatekeeper. And here we're going to get the difference between the shepherd and the hired hands. And, and he's really kind of pushing on this. And for those of us who are, who are pastors, for those of us who are uh, leaders in our churches and our faith communities, this is an uncomfortable passage for us to read. It's an uncomfortable passage for us to begin to get our, our minds around because the reality is, is that we're hired hands. And, um, and so as hired hands, uh, we, we need to realize that we're not the shepherds, that, that we're probably, uh, when push comes to shove, not willing to do the things that Jesus was willing to do. And so, uh, so this, is a, this is a tough one for us. Uh, so let's let's look through this. Uh, we we get um, we get we get four four ideas uh, about the good shepherd. Four things I think that uh, we can we can try to wrap our minds around here in this passage. Uh, the first is that the good shepherd lays down his life, right? So, and this is in eleven eleven through thirteen. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and, you know, and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Uh, so this, this shepherd, this good shepherd is willing to die on behalf of the sheep. And, we have to understand that the that the the death that the shepherd is willing to do, it's not um, you know it's not performative, right? He's not he's not going. Oh, I love you so much. Here, let me jump off a cliff and die for you. That that's not what's going on here, right? Because if if a shepherd did that, if a shepherd just did some sort of performative. Um, action to try to to try to display and make some grand gesture to try to display how much he loves his sheep then he's done nothing because the shepherd will have just left the sheep completely and utterly defenseless he will he's done nothing he's done nothing so the the willingness it's it's more the willingness to sacrifice than it is the act itself right this this shepherd Jesus I am the good shepherd and he says he lay, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, but it's it's sacrificial. It is an it is an act of last resort for a shepherd to die on behalf of his flock. Meant that there was no other option. There is no plan B. There is no other way that that we could get to that place. And and so when we when we read this, we have to understand. We have to understand that it is sacrificial, and it is, it is, it is a moment of last resort, and we see this right. We see this in the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus. He's praying and he's asking for the cup to be passed. He does. He's like, is there? If there is any other way, Father, if there is any other way to reconcile this world, to make, to set all things right, to bring the kind of global reconciliation that that Jesus was here to bring about. If there is any other way to do that, then, oh, Father, please, please let this cup pass. But there was no other way. And so, 
the willingness of the shepherd to lay down his life for his sheep, it is sacrificial and and it is in contrast to the hired hands. The hired hands, when the going gets tough, when the going gets rough, when it gets bad, they walk away. They leave. They're not willing to lay down their lives. They're not willing to sacrifice their lives on behalf of the sheep. And so this this is such an important such an important contrast that that we just we can't we can't miss the centrality of it. We have to understand that there is the good shepherd, and then there's kind of everybody else. And so e- even though many of us who are religious leaders, who are pastors, who are leaders in our faith uh, communities, uh, we think that that we're pretty great, uh, and, and maybe we are. Maybe there's maybe there is some good in us, and we're willing to do a lot, but none of us, none of us match up to the good shepherd. We all will fall short, and uh, the hired hands, the hired hands fall short as well. There's only one good shepherd. There's only one who ultimately laid down his life uh, on behalf of of the sheep, um, and that and that was Jesus. Now, why? Why you know, kind of the question becomes why lay down your life? Why why be willing to to sacrifice this way? And that's a really good question to ask. Um, because it's not uh, it's not a normal thing, right? It's not a normal thing to to just lay your life down, be willing to lay your life down for sheep. But the reason I think Jesus gives is is found here in 14 and 15, right? I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. What he's saying here is there is an intimate knowledge, there's an intimate relationship that he has with the sheep. It is so intimate, it is so close, it is so it is so personal that that it looks like the kind of love and relationship that he and the Father have. There is this union that has taken place, right? We, we who are the sheep, the, the, the folks that Jesus is shepherding and saving, uh, we are united with Christ, just as He is united with the Father. And so this, this intimacy of relationship, this closeness of relationship, provides the foundation for why He is willing to go and die on behalf of the sheep. Now, you know, we have to understand here that, you know, when he talks about things like, I know my sheep and my sheep know me, this would have made sense to to the people in the first century because, um, you know, the oftentimes what would happen is in the summer, uh, shepherds would not bring their sheep back to their property. They would stay out at pasture, and so they would build pens. And we talked about this last week, right? They would build these pens, and oftentimes you would have multiple, uh, multiple flocks in one pen. And, and the way that they would, the flocks would come out is the shepherd would stand outside, and he would make his unique sound, right? He would make his unique call, and his sheep would come to him. So even though the sheep, even though folks say, hey, the sheep are just really, really dumb animals, uh, they, they were trained, and they, they were trainable, and they were able to hear and respond to the specific call of their shepherd. 
And they wouldn't go to anybody else. And so, so Jesus is saying that's happening, but, but it's more than that. It's more than that. It is, it is a deep and intimate love relationship that he has. It, this, is, this is familial, right? He has a family relationship with those people who make up his flock. And that, that's a pretty remarkable thing if you think about the reality of how much, of how much Jesus cares for us, of how much Jesus loves us, that he says the intimacy that I have with my people is a reflection of the kind of intimacy that I have with the Father, the kind of loving relationship that I have with my Father. This is not some angry, judgmental God that we are seeking to follow. This is one who is willing to sacrifice his life because of the the intimacy, because of the rooted love that he has for us. See, when we talk about, when I talk about loving well, it's rooted in this reality. It's rooted in the reality that Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to, to die. He was willing to go to the cross to reconcile all things. And that and that is that is absolutely astounding to me. Right? I mean, we just we just came off of 9/11. The remembrance of of September 11th uh, happened what this past Friday. And there were men and women who willingly ran into those towers to save some, to save as many as they could, police officers and firefighters and EMS. The first responders, they went in, willing to give of their lives for people they didn't know. They just went. Many of those folks uh, died. Many of those folks uh, who lived ended up dying as a result of their sacrifice they made on that day and on the days to follow. So you see, we see this kind of love reflected in us. We are image bearers. We're, we're people who bear this image of, of a shepherd and a savior who is, who is willing to lay down his life. We, we see that in one another. That's a pretty remarkable thing. It is a pretty remarkable thing. So the good shepherd knows, the good shepherd lays, is willing to lay down his life. The good shepherd knows his sheep. The good shepherd also has more than one pen, right? Uh, verse, verse 16, uh, it says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one Shepherd. Now, uh, the sheep pen, this sheep pen that he's talking about, uh, is probably most likely the Jewish people, um, and we understand that from the context earlier in John chapter ten. And what he's saying here, though, is that there is there are more pens, and there are more sheep, and there is uh, they are not of this people. And so, what Jesus is doing here is absolutely. Uh, profound because he is universalizing again 
the gospel. He is making it, he is making it a global thing. He is saying that the that his willingness to sacrifice his life is not for one special people. It is for everybody. Which, when you go back in the story, makes complete sense, right? Because even though even though the the Jewish people were hand chosen by God in you know back in Genesis to be his representatives, the purpose was to bring blessing globally. The purpose was to demonstrate God's love globally. That's that's the whole point. And here in Jesus, we see this culmination. We see this universal move where Jesus is saying, I have, yeah, I have the pen. I have this sheep pen here, here in Israel, but I also have this global sheep pen. I have this this other pen, the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people of whom I love and care for too. And I am going, uh, I am going to, uh, to give, to lay my life down for them. Why? Because they also know my voice, which is the sign that they are part of his flock. And so, so you have, you have to understand that the gospel is it's not it's not just for one unique special set of people right back then in the first century the jewish people thought that the messiah was just for them just like today i think <laughs> i think not many of us would be willing to admit it but i think there's a a good number of of american christians who would say the gospel is primarily for americans and it's not it's it's global it's universal it's big and, and maybe that's being unfair, and I guess that's, that's, that's probably unfair. But so many of us get so myopically focused on our, our own place in this world that we miss out on the grandeur of the gospel. We miss out on the reality that what Jesus has done is global. It's universal. It is an invitation to all. He is the good shepherd, not not just for one special group of people. He is the good shepherd for everybody. His pen is not just in one place. His pen is universal. It is global. It is, it is everywhere. But that's not it. That's not the end of it, right? In verses 17 through 18, we find out something else about this good shepherd. We find out that this good shepherd has authority. So he is willing to lay down his life. He knows his sheep intimately. He has more than one pen. And he has authority. Right? 17 and 18 says, The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. As I have been studying and, and kind of working my way through this, um, verses 17 and 18 are kind of the big deal here, guys. This is, this, uh, of the Good Shepherd stuff, right? As great as it is that we see this statement of, I am willing to lay down my life for the sheep. As great as it is that we see, hey, I, I, my sheep, I know my sheep and my sheep know me, this intimacy that reflects the relationship that, I, that Jesus has with his father. The, the global perspective of, of the reconciliating work that, 
that the, that the good shepherd is doing, as great as all those things are, this last bit here, I think might be the most important. I think it might be the, the, the most incredible, the most amazing part of this whole deal, right? The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This is the command I received from my father. You see, the command, the command that the father gave Jesus was not simply to die. It was to die and take his life up again. He has authority to do both. He has authority to to sacrifice himself, but he also has the authority to rise again. He has the authority to take up his life again. This, this authority, this authority over life and death, that ultimately ends in life. <laughs> this is the this is what makes the good shepherd so good. This is what makes this whole thing work. Because what happens if the shepherd just dies? If the shepherd just dies, the flock will be destroyed. The enemies will come in and pick them off one by one. The the wolf will lay waste. The wolf will lay waste to the flock. But you see, the good shepherd has authority to take up his life again. Death is not the end. There is no sting in death for the good shepherd. The good shepherd has authority to take up his life and continue to protect his flock. This is the crucial moment. This is the thing. The willingness, the authority to rise again, to take up his life and, and then give his life to others. Guys, we, we can't miss the, the importance of this command that the Father has given him. Yes, to lay down his life, but also to take it up again. It is this both and. And it is in the context of laying down and taking up his life that the Father loves him. He's like, hey, the Father loves me. He's given me this command to lay down my life and to take it up again. Absolutely critical. Absolutely foundational. The good shepherd is the one who has the authority to take up his life again. Which, you know, then you see later in the New Testament, you see guys like uh, Paul writing about this, where he says, you know, he talks about how Jesus, you know, Jesus is, 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 is still our mediator. He's still, he's still standing there for us. In Hebrews, it says, you know, he is seated at the right hand of, of God the Father, right? We, we have this picture of the risen Savior who is still functioning as our shepherd, who is protecting us, who is watching over us, who is caring for us, like we talked about last week, who is the gate that protects and then sends us out to pasture so that we can have life and have it to the full. We are able to live flourishing lives because of this good shepherd who not only laid down his life to bring reconciliation, but picked it back up again to continue to shepherd us, to continue to care for us so that we might reflect that reality and love well. So, you know, I guess, I guess the, the question really, um, the really, really becomes this. I guess the thing, the thing to wrestle through is, 
you know, where, where are you looking? Where are you looking for reconciliation? Where are you looking to, to find this kind of love, care, and protection? Where are you looking to, to, to find the way to a flourishing life? I know for me, oftentimes I look in a lot of different places, right? I, uh, I, I, look, I look in a lot of different places so often to, to find reconciliation, to find salvation, to find um, the kind of life that I, that I think I want to have. And, and in those moments, um, it ends up not being what I, what I want, what I hope, what I expect. And so in those moments... Um, I'm reminded again that there is one good shepherd. There is only one who is willing to lay down his life and then take it back up again. That, that, my friends, is what makes him good. And, uh, and that's, that's, I think, what makes him so worth following. All right. Well, uh, thanks. Thanks for joining me. Uh, this week uh, here on the Love Well podcast. We're going to be getting back to uh, trying to get a second podcast, uh, second episode going, uh, getting the the Beyond Sunday School stuff uh, ramped back up here uh, this week. And uh, so uh, definitely make sure that you are, you know, following me on, uh, connecting with me on Twitter uh, at Daniel M. Rose. Uh, Let's continue the conversation there. The archive, the video archive of this uh, of this episode will be found at youtube.com slash Daniel Rose. And uh, the easiest way to make sure that you keep up uh, with, the, with the podcast is uh, either by subscribing in your favorite podcast app uh, or uh, hitting it right here, uh, danielmrose.com. It'll get dropped right into your email inbox uh, every week, every time uh, we publish there. And, uh, yeah, so thanks, thanks for being with me. And, uh, if you guys have any questions, thoughts, uh, you know, about what we talked about here this morning, I'm going to hang out, uh, on the video, uh, for just a a few minutes longer and see, uh, what kind of stuff pops up. And if you guys have some Q and A, we'll, we'll do it. And, uh, I can see it here in my, in my chat stream. Uh, and so for the sake of the podcast, Uh, Thanks for listening, and until next week, love well, my friends.